Welcome to Prose and Context, a podcast about life-giving teaching by the English Department at Lexington Christian Academy. Hello, this is Dana Hashem, and I wanted to use today's episode of Prose and Context to talk a little bit about the role that grades play in our classrooms, uh, whether that be within the humanities or in a different discipline. Uh, Much of the content of this episode is based on a blog post that I wrote for the NCTE National Council of Teachers of English blog in a post entitled, More Than a Grade, Cultivating Intellectual Play in Students. I do, of course, understand that there is a wide diversity of options out there today on how to grade, how much to grade, policies for grading, and this episode is not going to delve into some of those more specific intricacies. Instead, today, I would like to talk about some of the underlying principles and strategies that can and probably should be present in any classroom, regardless of the grading policy. Uh, These are things that can help communicate to our students that their educational experience in our classroom should never be about the grade. It should always be about them and their learning experience and their personal process. So I think as educators, we're all very familiar with the stress and the emphasis that most of our students place on grades. We all know the question, you know, "Um, is this going to be graded? And really, when students are asking that question, what they're communicating is that the grade they receive is more important to them than the experience or the process that the assignment could potentially provide them with. And if we're being honest, this is a super reasonable attitude for a student to take. We're asking them to go through standardized testing, globalized competition, rigorous college admissions requirements. The systems that we ask our students to operate in measure and assess them based on grades. So who are we to blame students who start to view grades as the end goal of education? But ultimately, that's a really dangerous mentality, and that can be really harmful to our students. So again, with the full knowledge that there are so many different and creative ways to employ grades or not employ grades in the classroom, I would like to go over a few options that are available to all of us that can potentially implicitly and sometimes explicitly communicate to our students the importance of personal education in a grade-driven culture. So The first of these for me is to make sure that we're communicating to students that we value process along with and honestly perhaps even over the product. So for a writing class, any strong summative writing assignment is going to require work that's done in stages, you know, brainstorming, exploration, drafting, revision, writing as a process. So we can communicate to students that this process is important by giving class time for some of those stages, you know, not just asking for a final product, but asking them in class to draft and revise, and then giving detailed feedback on those process steps, not just the final product, but wanting to see the drafts and wanting to see the evolution. Uh, It's 
important for us to be holding reflective conversations with our students regarding this process, regarding the stages. And potentially something that we can think about is if you're going to be grading, weighting those stages more heavily than the finished product when grading. So if the drafts and the revision and the brainstorming are all the bulk of the grade, this really demonstrates to students that we care as educators a lot more about the journey that they went through to create and understand that final product than the final product itself. Another big thing that as teachers of reading and writing we can do is to allow our students to revise. I think particularly on larger assignments, I always allow my students to resubmit their work for a higher grade, and I don't deduct any penalty points for wanting another try. Uh, this demonstrates to my students that for me, my primary concern is their personal struggles as a scholar wrestling with these challenging tasks and concepts that I'm not so concerned with the deadline or the product, but more about their ability to work through some of the issues. Another really useful thing that I have found is to be using single point rubrics. Um, historically, as a teacher, I started out using holistic or analytic rubrics. And the goal of those rubrics really is to break the possibilities of intellectual creation down into finite categories. And sometimes those traditional rubrics can encourage students to rank themselves, compare themselves, or rely really heavily on teacher direction because they're trying to target a specific grade. Uh, the single point rubric uh, is a, it's an option that describes what proficiency looks like in each of the categories, but it doesn't try to anticipate how and where students will exceed those expectations or fall short of those expectations. If you're not familiar with a single point rubric, I strongly recommend you do some Googling and look into it because structuring rubrics in that way allows a lot more subjectivity and it invites you as an educator when you're grading student work to reflect on both strengths and weaknesses in every category. So if you do use grades in your classroom, you can still assign grades with a very clear explanation with a single point rubric, but the single point rubric doesn't predefine the levels or the limits or the categories for success. So it stresses this more descriptive personalized feedback over a numerical grade. Another thing that can be really important for students in understanding the value of the educational process over the grade is to spend time encouraging self-reflection. This can take place in the middle of the project but can also take place afterwards as a sort of metacognitive reflective process. But this is to demonstrate to students that the grade is not the capstone of intellectual endeavors. That once you complete the project, it's also very important to spend time reflecting on that assignment. And these reflections can be journal entries or large group discussions or partner conversations. And this is the kind of thing where you want to ask a student, what was the most difficult part of this assignment for you? How did you overcome those difficulties? What do you think was really strong about your project and why? And this 
prompts them to spend a little bit more time reflecting on their process and the things that they learned and the experience that they had, and it doesn't factor the grade into the conversation at all. So carving out time in your class to ask students to reflect on these questions really demonstrates to them that it's not about the grade, it's about what they got out of it. And then for me, one of the most important ways that I really try to be conscious of in my classroom and an important way for me to stress the intellectual process over the grade is to be conscious of highlighting my students who take intellectual risks, who demonstrate intellectual courage. Um, this can be something that I do entirely outside of the grade. This can just be taking class time to promote a student's work as innovative or explorative or courageous that doesn't in any way mention the grade. And I think that's a subtle way to subvert the grade-based system, but also a way to kind of gently encourage students to have the confidence needed to play intellectually, just to take time to acknowledge when a student takes a risk and does something creative, regardless of whether or not that risk panned out or looked exactly the way the student anticipated it. I think acknowledging that a student tried something and they made an effort to be creative and think outside the box, acknowledging that and honoring that, I think encourages students to think more about their process and their creativity than it does about the final end product grade. So for most of us in a traditional high school classroom, grades to some capacity are a must. And that's not all of us, and I think there's a lot to be said for exploring grade-free options, but ultimately if we have to grade, it is my belief that our grades should support and complement real learning, and they should never be the end goal. So that makes our job as educators definitely more nuanced and more difficult because, quite frankly, there is no effective way to standardize and quantify individual intellectual work. It's just not possible. That's not how intellectual creativity works. So before we can ask our students to understand the complicated nature of scholarship and intellectual curiosity, we have to be willing to take steps in our classroom that are clear and definitive that really communicates in our grade-saturated culture that that's not all that we care about as educators, that this whole process depends on so much more than the grade. And I think this podcast for me is is sort of a brainstorm for ways that we can think about doing that that don't require this massive overhaul to our system. So the grade saturation is definitely a culture problem. It's something that our students live with, but some of these small, minute steps, I think, can make a really big difference. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Pros and Context, a podcast for life-giving teaching by the English Department at Lexington Christian Academy. Please subscribe to our podcast and come back again next week.